Welcome to Beliefs of the Heart Weekly Reflection. I'm Sam Williamson, and today we're discussing, is it dangerous to hear God outside of Scripture? A longtime friend recently met with me to correct me for writing my book, Hearing God in Conversation. She said, any kind of hearing God outside of Scripture is dangerous and probably wrong. She recounted numerous abuses of people hearing God. During college, two different women told her future husband that God had said he should marry them. My friend observed, outside of scripture, people usually just hear only what they want to hear. She recently attended a conference that included a session on hearing God. The speaker promised they would hear God's voice if they followed his three steps. A, turn off your critical mind. B, pick up a pen and paper, and C, write down whatever intuitive thoughts come to mind. My friend said, I don't believe God follows our formulas. A member of her church once told its board of elders that they should delay the start time of their service so that more young people would attend, and that, quote, God said this in a prayer time of mine, end of quote. My friend said, too many people manipulate others, forcing them to adopt their agendas by claiming, I heard this from God himself. I completely agree that hundreds of thousands of believers, probably millions of believers, frequently abuse senses from God. Hearing God is dangerous, but so is not hearing God. Because the nature of Christianity is danger. Every significant truth of Christianity is pregnant with peril. Grace itself is so startlingly hazardous that Paul must warn us about it, lest grace encourage us to sin. He says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Righteous living is so self-esteem building, it can lead us to pride. As in, I thank you, God, that I am not like other men, sinners. Christian ministry is so fulfilling, it too can lead us away from God. Quote, Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not do mighty works in your name? I will tell them plainly. This is Jesus speaking. I will tell them plainly. I never knew you. Depart from me. Generosity can fool us into thinking we have the love of God in us. Quote, if I give away all that I have, and if I deliver my body up to be burned, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Studying the Bible can be a substitute for knowing the real person. Jesus said, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have life, but they are about me, and you refuse to come to me that you may have life. But should the inherent hazards of gospel truths keep us from submitting to grace, or obeying the Ten Commandments, or pouring out our lives in service, or impoverishing ourselves to enrich the poor, or reading scripture? You could even argue that the Bible itself is dangerous, since every heresy, every heresy I've ever read, is based on scripture. It's just that the heretics pick and choose their passages. Paul's orthodox, right belief, promise was to declare the whole counsel of God, not just your own favorite verses. Everything about Christianity is dangerous. Everything about Christianity is dangerous. Let's not refuse God's gifts simply because people abuse God's gifts. It's much riskier to ignore grace and morals than to practice them, just as it's far more dangerous to disregard hearing God than to learn how. On the other hand, if we aren't hearing God in Scripture, we have no business thinking we can hear Him anywhere else. 
God implores us over and over to treasure his word. If we don't value his written word, how arrogant are we to believe that we can discern his truth from a demon dressed as an angel, living on the edge. Hearing God is dangerous, but so is faith in that God. Abram followed God's call, quote, not knowing where he was going, end of quote. Gideon battled an army of tens of thousands with his weaponless 300, and Esther risked her neck with the frightening declaration, if I perish, I perish. From Abram to Gideon to Esther, God calls his people to live without safety nets. Not to mention Jesus himself who said, when I perish, I perish. Are we willing to enter the heart of Christianity, which is a life of risk, peril, threat, and adventure. Are we willing? What dangerous call are you hearing from God? Let's never abuse it, but let's never let us refuse it either. The background of the story is a friend that I had, I've known for over 40 years, but she and I hadn't been in very close contact. She was visiting in town in Ann Arbor a few years ago. And, you know, over the years, she'd become a very, very strong believer. She was a nationally known women's Bible teacher. And she had read parts of my book and just said she put it down. She just said, it's wrong. She listed those examples. I mean, can you imagine her, two women said her husband should marry them? And she's saying, you know what? Obviously, this kind of hearing God outside scripture is just wrong. She said it's more, it's, it's more wrong than dangerous. But over the last few years, as I've thought about her comments, I'm more convinced than ever that God does want us to hear him outside of Scripture. The very God we read about Scripture, that God, you know, let's say that you're committed to only hearing God in Scripture. The very God that we see always talked in conversation with the people. Adam and Eve, after they sinned, after they, you know, after the fall, where they opened Pandora's box to all kinds of sin and oppression, everything that's occurred since Adam and Eve happened. And does God come down, you know, with fire and brimstone? No, he comes in the cool of the evening like he always did. And he just asked a question, where are you? He, he entered into a conversation. Um, Abraham, constantly talking with God. You see this all the time. Moses, scripture says he talked together with God like friends. Moses talked to God. Jonah, you know, the, 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 the prophet who's angry with God, rebelling against God, runs away from God, preaches the meanest sermon in the history of the world. In the last chapter of Jonah, God is coming just to speak to Jonah's heart. He's not asking Jonah to give a word to anybody. He's just saying, you know, if you feel sorry for that plant, how much, how much sadder should I feel for 100,000 people, not to mention all the animals? So, so th that, this was just a conversation between God and Jonah, and yet it's recorded. Jesus himself, his life as he walked among us. Paul is wanting to do his mission work in Asia, or Turkey, what we call Turkey now. And God says, no, I want you to go do it over here in Macedonia, the Spirit of God. And in dreams, God speaks to Paul. Now, if we believe that God, if we believe that God who is constantly self-revelation from Adam and Eve through to the end of Scripture, you know, in, in John's Gospel, where, John, where Jesus comes and speaks to the Apostle John, if everything about this God is conversational, talking, if his, if his very name is Word, how can we think he's going to stop talking? If we love Scripture, and if we love the God we see in Scripture and the God we hear in Scripture, 
we cannot ignore the fact that the very nature of his self-revelation is he's conversational. I know some of you have heard my story the first time I got converted, uh, when I got converted, but when I was 10 years old, uh, I believed that you couldn't cuss. It was like the worst sin in the world. And one day I realized everybody in my schoolyard was cussing. And um, I began to have a crisis of faith. I know it sounds funny at age 10, but at age 10, I had a crisis of faith. Like all the cool kids were cussing and the non-cool kids weren't cussing. So I thought, well, God isn't blessing the non-cool kids for righteous living, you know? So what good is there? So I decided there was no God. And the next day I went and I had the filthiest mouth in the city of Detroit, you know, as a 10 year old. And at the end of the day, I went to my, walked home, went up to my room to change clothes. And I heard God say, and I still remember this. I heard God say, Sam, I am real and you don't understand. Now, was that not God? I mean, I gave my life to God in that moment. And, you know, he didn't answer any of my theological questions. You know, why do the, um, why are the righteous trampled? You know, um, he didn't answer my theological questions. He just spoke to me conversationally. Wasn't that God? Isn't God a conversational God? Or I was in mission fields when I was age 25. I felt like God called me to leave it. And I went over to do business work. And then when I was 50, I felt like God say, I want you to leave this company and do mission work. Is that, can't God do that? Isn't God able to do that? Isn't that what God wants to do? Now, in both cases, I got help discerning those words. I got help from mature believers who I, who I felt like would help me Make sure that I'm not hearing what I want or hearing what I don't want. I mean, I think that we need help discerning words. But I think to think that the God who speaks everywhere in Scripture has stopped speaking, I think that's just a huge misapplication of Scripture. It's actually heretical to say that God doesn't speak nowadays. I mean, to even become a believer, in some senses, you have to hear God's voice saying to you, Sam, I love you. I want you to to be my son. I mean, we all have to hear that from God. Now, the arguments people use against this is there's many times where Scripture says, don't add to this. You know, at the very close of Revelation, uh, the angel says, do not add to these words, do not subtract from these words. And so what does that mean? Beginning of uh, the book of Hebrews is also that way. You know, in many ways in the past, God spoke to the prophets, but now he's spoken through his son. And when his son was done, he sat down, implying this is complete. So if scripture is complete, and I believe it's complete, and that's the argument, is if scripture is complete, God can't speak today. But here's the deal. Scripture is revelation history. And if you look through it, some people call it redemption history. God, over time, had to reveal more and more of of himself. He first reveals himself as the creator. He then reveals himself as the one who comes when people have sinned, but he comes to sort of draw them back to himself and promise a future salvation. He promises to Adam and Eve. But he also had to teach them about the sacrifice due to sin. We, then we learned about community. Then we learned about the real need for a real king. And then, then we learned that we didn't just need salvation from earthly power, like Moses gave us through, from Egypt, but we need salvation from a spiritual power and death, which was Jesus. And so when the Hebrew passage says redemption is complete, there's no, it's saying there's no salvation efforts on our own. We can't get new salvation truths. And it says, do not trust people who add truths to the scripture. Do not drink their Kool-Aid, is what scripture is saying. But it never says God can't speak to a 10-year-old and say, I am real and don't, you don't understand. 
It never says it can't speak to a 50-year-old and say, leave your career and begin ministry. It never says, God can't speak to me directly and say, Sam, you just were harsh with your wife. You should repent. All of those things are things that have happened to me. God has said, Sam, you were harsh with your wife. Go repent. Doesn't that even sound like God? It sounds like the voice of God. So I do think I'm convinced that God wants to continue to speak to us. I think we need discernment. I think we we have to recognize that we will be weak and we will often hear just the very thing we want. In fact, I would argue if we don't hear things we don't want pretty frequently, we're probably not hearing God because God has to come and he has to straighten us out because he wants to make us pure. He wants to make us people who represent him. And, you know, there's all kinds of parts that need in our lives that need polishing and need change. And God has to correct those, but he does it graciously and lovingly. So we may not like what we hear. On the other hand, we love to hear his voice. So I absolutely believe God wants to speak to us outside of scripture. The only concern I had in writing the article, and I still have that concern, is that I know a set of people who who, who grow to, to forget or ignore scripture. Meaning, I hear God all the time. Why do I even need the Bible? But I, in my life and in the, in the lives of the Christian thinkers, I know the vast majority of my time hearing God, the vast majority of their time does come from hearing Scripture, hearing God in Scripture. Not just the direct words moved to Timbuktu, but in a sense, reading Scripture to change my mind. I was talking to my dad once, just a year or two before he died. And he, he was reflecting back on his sermons. And he says, you know, Sam, I used to be discouraged because, you know, I'd preach a sermon. And by the time I got there next week, I would say half the people had forgotten the sermon, even though I think it was a great sermon, he would say. But over time, he realized that his sermons and in a certain sense, our daily reading scripture is like the daily food that we get. We, you know, we ask God to give us our daily bread. He said, in a certain sense, we don't remember what meal we had a week ago. I, you know, today is Thursday, August 27th. I have no clue what I had last Friday. I just, I just don't remember. But it nourished me. It kept me going. And in some ways became part of me. And, and my dad said, when we read scripture, when we listen to sermons, when he preaches, there's a daily bread that forms the way we think. And over time, I realized God has given me new insights into him, into lives of others, into just the meaning of life, and even into me. But he did it sort of organically, a growth so quiet, so tender, so uh, subtly that I didn't even realize it. But I can look back and say, I am a different person than I was five years ago. It's not a mechanical growth. It's a slow, beautiful, sure, organic growth. My comment of the week goes to a friend, David Geyer where he said, diving into the deep can be dangerous. You're in over your head. But diving into the shallows can be disastrous. I thought that was a great comment. Hey, everyone, thanks for listening. I do hope that you hear God. I hope you hear God this week in Scripture and also just as you're driving to work, as you see a billboard on the way on the freeway. God bless you. I hope to see you next week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Please join us by following this podcast or liking it. And visit our website, beliefsoftheheart.com, for more articles, books, videos, podcasts, and courses, all designed to foster intimate theology, deepening a real relationship with the real God who is there. See you next week.